Good evening, everyone, and good afternoon, Australia. This is Radio Tony, and this is Insight Making Sense of Sexual Assault. And this morning, or this afternoon, rather, we've been trying to make sense of technology. Thank you, Zoom. Finally, we're live with the gorgeous Michelle, and we are talking about sexual assault. Now, we've had a number of uh, shows in this series And today we want to focus on Michelle's very empowering book. And just a reminder that some of the, yeah, there it is. Um, (laughs) I reread Michelle's book for the second time over the weekend in preparation for today's show because I want to make sure that we cover as much of the book and the wonderful insights that Michelle presents within the book um, in this show. So, Michelle, I'm going to quickly get straight into it. Yes. You wrote the book after processing your own assaults and whilst you're a counsellor, educator, mentor for victims, you're not what we would generally term an academic. So you're not a psychologist or a psychiatrist. However, I think the audience needs to know that your lived experience in the amount of education and training you've done around sexual assault is equally impressive. And I think well, it's important well, to know. Tony, that... I'll, I'll just stop you there. I am actually an academic. Yeah. <laughs> I just choose not to wear that hat <laughs> because I find that Absolutely. I can serve my clients well if I do that. And <laughs> when I was studying, it was after I had actually gone through the process that I went through um, and then was sexually assaulted again. So I actually yeah. went through. As a lab, using myself as a lab rat, and a lot of the things that were being taught, I didn't necessarily feel were accurate or perhaps um, representative, and that's why I don't wear the academic hat. I, I take that one off because I feel that yeah. to best serve. Um, I do that through my other certifications and registrations in terms of coaching, yes. um, and and yeah. yes. You know, I've been doing some articles in LinkedIn around this this issue of um, who do we listen to when we're reframing and reshaping yes. narrative and discussions and policies. And I think that one of the biggest problems that we've had and all the research that I've done when I've looked at websites and I've looked at who's been on them, on those committees, yeah. here's your answer, Okay. Best intentions don't necessarily deliver best results. And I know there'll be people that'll be going, you know, who does she think she is, right? So I I wear the advocacy and and the victim hat whenever I'm talking about this stuff because I believe that our our voice is far more knowledgeable and empowered um, with resources that are not necessarily truly heard and understood. You can't possibly shape yeah. policy without actually including the voice of the people who are going to be the ones that are going to need it, right? Absolutely. So I started out with my book. I have for many, many moons, you know, looked for answers and academics write for academics and that's okay. I wrote for everyone, right? Yeah. And I wrote in such a way that it doesn't matter whether you are in a traumatized state or you're looking at it from an information perspective or you're reading it, although there's something in the distance or you're the support person or regardless of who you are, 
I've written it so it's easy to understand. It gives answers and explanation. And I, I tried on a whole lot of different um, outfits, you might say. When I was thinking about the people yes. that I was writing for, I actually tried it on with their map of the world. And I yeah. myself will always respect my fellow survivors or victims, whatever you would wish to call them, always treat them with respect. And therefore, I have written it honestly because I trust that and I know that they have the resilience because look how far they've got, right? I, I yes. credit them with the resources that they have and the, I, and the respect that they are due, which I think a lot of people don't. They try to pretend that we should be in cotton wool. No, we what, what we should be is heard and respected and given the courtesy of people accept that they can't bridge the gap to us, but allow us to bridge the gap to them. So this is this is where mm. I come from when writing this book. And I talk about the first chapter, Time for Change. Truly, people, mm. I think that if we want a different outcome for our loved ones and, and their loved ones and so on, we need to start changing now. There's dialogue out there around the world and there's evidence of the destruction that sexual assault causes now, I was reading an Absolutely. article today where they, they talked about sexual assault and other serious violent crimes like murder. And I thought, this person is writing, they think they're writing this wonderful article. They think that this article is cutting edge. And in it, they have completely and un utterly undermined victims of sexual assault and shown that they don't understand that being raped is a death sentence. You're just left alive to continue yes. to suffer at their pleasure. And I think that's something that people don't understand. Um, and, and this is why I, it's a, this, it, we, need to, we need to rethink and we need to do it in a constructive, resourceful way. Right, so I'm going to step everyone through the book, right? So <laughs> I talk about time for change. And I, I give you a little bit of history about my life because it was a very interesting childhood growing up in a big family. Um, and the difficulties because um, we had a, a sexual predator in our midst, in our periphery midst, who was not stopped. And mm. those who were before me and those who came after me, you know, were assaulted by this person. And I was really the only person in my family um, that spoke out until 1987 um, when yeah. three young girls, one let slip after a pact never to tell a soul, let slip what, what actually had happened, and then he was prosecuted. But that was a long way from when I was five years of age <laughs> and around 1970 mm. to 1987, you know, yeah. and left a trail. Yeah. So I talk in this book about who I am and a little bit about me. And then I go straight into a chapter on hunters. Now, as I that said, that was in one of shows, my interesting, that was the one of the most uh, interesting yeah. chapters for me, Michelle, was hunters. Yeah. Yeah. I've written it very simply, Tony. I've tried to keep it very, very simple as an introduction because this is just an insight. It's not a full um, expansion yeah. on it, right? Now, I've broken it down into categories and I've broken it down so that you can begin to identify as well as understand why me? 
Why did they do that? And why did they do it to me or my loved one? And you might be sitting there and like, oh, well, this has never happened to me. Well, lucky you. Guess what? Yes. Maybe with some education, it won't because you will pick up on the warning signs, right? Now, I've broken it down and it it was a little bit of a challenge because here's the thing. We talk about pedophiles, Mm. though they're not sexual predators. We talk in legal terms about rapists and, and pedophiles as perpetrators. Firstly, they are predators. They hunt. I have seen them and spoken to them in their natural hunting ground. They admit that they're predators Mm. and they go hunting, okay? They become a a perpetrator only in legal terminology. You're sitting in a jury. Think of them as predators because that's what they are, okay? And that's part of the kick they get out of it is the hunting phase. Now, pedophiles Mm. can be those who rape children very young but there gets to be a bit of a muddy water when you get to people and and I've had some words with well people have had some words with me you know over this yeah someone might sexually assault someone who's age 15 or 16 and they're saying oh he's a he's a pedophile and I'll go no he's he could possibly be a rapist you've got to look at the at what's happening from their map of the world because I know I know predators who have raped girls as young as 15, but they've also raped up to the age of 30 and 40. Because in their map of the world, a 15, 16-year-old girl is a fully grown woman. So it's always uh-huh. got to come back when you're trying to understand these people, what is their map of the world, right? So that um, you're mm-hmm. better educated and better prepared. So this is all about awareness and helping to keep you aware, prepared, and if possible, safe. Yes. Okay, yes. so the pedophile is a sexual predator. Always think about him as a rapist because that's what he does. Pedophile, mm-hmm. like domestic violence, it's a kind of watered-down terminology for somebody who perpetrates <laughs> yeah. the act of significant and serious violence on another human being right Mm -hmm. so let's bear in mind that a pedophile is a rapist a sexual predator and a very dangerous one and then we we move to the uh, discussion about the abuser in the book and they are both male and female people pedophiles are both male and female and I do give example of um, a a female um, rapist when I was yes you do a young teenage girl. Now, every example that I have in the book is not a one-off. Mm-hmm. There is nothing that I say in this book that I have not spoken with a great deal, many more people. So the examples yeah. that I give and the insights that I give are based on a lot of similarities mm-hmm. in the past. I just mm-hmm. want people to understand that I wasn't just one mm-hmm. person. It was yeah. a lot, right? Yeah. A lot of people. This is so, a huge this is a huge problem, Michelle, isn't it? So it is we a need huge to make problem sure that the, the audience examples, understands. That's right. These examples are based on a lot of people. Yeah. Not yeah. just one, two, five, six, ten. No. A lot. So I just want people to understand that. Because so then we oh, sorry. Michelle, for the numbers of 
For the numbers of people that report these crimes, there is a higher number of people that stay that silent, time. isn't there? Yeah, there is. And I'm writing an article at the moment about this because it was a question that was raised by a teenage boy here in Brisbane at a school on, and, yeah. and it was put on Facebook, uh, Mason, at uh, Brisbane um, Boys College for anyone that wants to look it up. And, and it asks the question about why are we hearing about this more every day? And there's, there's opinions mm-hmm. floating around out there about this. But, you know, the thing is that every single victim that I have ever met and, right, and spoken with has wanted justice. Yes. And they haven't always stepped up because of fear of what could happen to them. And some people have said yes. to me, oh, my God, are you crazy? Imagine what's going to be done to you if you start talking <laughs> about this subject. Yes. You know, yes. This is fellow victims. Yes. Like, it's great. Someone needs to do it that actually knows what they're talking about um, yes. and, and can talk in detail, not just angered words or demands for things. We, we've got to stop demanding yeah. and we've got to start educating or nothing will change, right? Yeah. And, you know, th- the thing is that, um, we we have all these questions as victims of sexual assault. Why me? Why did they do it? All right. And we have all these lovely academic responses based on research, but the words yes. don't really mean much to people who don't actually have the lived experience of those words, right? So it's easy to tell someone, yeah. oh, that person had a need to assert themselves physically in a violent way. What does that really mean to the, to the victim of sexual assault? In actual fact, what it is, is someone who's an incredibly weak person. They are incredibly yeah. insecure and pathetic. And to mm-hmm. change that about themselves, they intend to, and they go out and find someone to really seriously hurt. Right, they don't want. They feel better about themselves. Muck around about it. They certainly do. Now, I I want to just remind everyone if if you've watched Harry Potter, and they had those Death Mm. Eaters, and there was a scene where Harry's by the lake, and the Death Eaters on top of him, and he's on the ground, and they're busy sucking the sort of shadow, yes, identity of Harry out. That's what it's like. Is the best example I can give anyone who doesn't know. That's absolutely the identity of the person that's being raped is is being is being sucked inside the rapist, and they mm-hmm. are glowing as a response. Right? That's mm-hmm. how it is. I can't think of anything yeah. that would give anyone a better indicator. And it doesn't yeah. matter if you're fighting or you're tried to run away and they've got you, or you're or you're frozen. Freeze, right? It doesn't matter. That's exactly how it is. That's what Mm. it's like. Your whole person is being sucked up and consumed, devoured, hungrily, right? So that is why when you look in the mirror at yourself, you don't know who you're looking at because that person is gone. Yeah. And then you're left with what? See, the people around you remember who you are, but you're not that person anymore and you can't be that person anymore. They want you to be that person, but you can't. And you want to know why did that happen to me and why is my life over and what am I supposed to do about it? 
Mm. You know, and um, so that that is why I have tried to be really um, simplistic and clear so that you can know the answers to those things. And that's why I coach people so that I can give you, with your help, a life of your choosing from that point on that is the best outcome that you can get for you and your loved one, right? So this is why I've broken it down into these very simplistic categories and I've answered the questions that I ask, that we all ask. Mm -hmm. Okay, Mm -hmm. so we have the classic predator. That is someone that is not known to you at all. This is the guy that snatches you off the street, grabs you from over the wall, walks into your bedroom when you're eight years old like me, and you wake up and find this person doing something to you. This is the stranger Mm. that comes through the roof in the night. This is not someone Mm. that you've ever had any form of awareness of. Mm. Is classic. And this is a well-known rapist to us all in community. You know, we're pretty Mm. much being raised on being careful about that person, right? Yes. Yes. However, the garden variety sexual predator is much more dangerous, much more prevalent because there's much more of them and we're not aware Mm. of them and we enable them to get away with rape because of the way we think and we buy into the narrative. And because it's so clever and we've talked about how they set up all these different um, narratives by getting men to participate in, in rape, but they haven't sold it that way, but then they later realise that. Or they date women and they are always um, allowing the woman to drive the sexual component and are very respectful so that women think that they would never do that and they will defend them to the hilt. That's right. So, you know, he's my ex-boyfriend, but he was so good about everything and, and he's, mm-hmm. we're still good friends. And no, I don't believe that he would do that. Well, that's why. And being very professional and, and even in, in, in work environments, really speaking yes. out against rapists and being really pro-women. So people can't Absolutely. imagine this person as being a rapist. But they are everywhere and they play these games and we buy their narratives, right? And yes. I talk in the book about the, the, the person who's the handyman who came and there were things, and I've talked yes. about it before, where I, I had alarm bells going because he ticked that box. Yes. But then, you know, this woman would ring and they were best buddies and she would come and visit. And I'm thinking, all right. But because of the things I had in place, he never got to my kids, right? So, thank God. I, yeah, thank goodness. And it actually proved to me that the way in which I'd educated them works. It was worked. Yeah. Work. Because you talk a lot um, about that education as well yes, in the book, I Michelle. So it's book, very helpful for parents. For yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the garden variety is either directly or indirectly known to you. So they are maybe a friend of a friend. You might have bumped into them at a party or something. They are periphery to reasonably immediate circle, right? Mm. Most sexual predators don't hunt in their immediate garden because Mm. that's a bit risky. It will be once removed. Like my extended relative was not an immediate uncle, but they do. They are. They do. And they groom. 
So yes, they do get away with it. So that can be immediate and it can be extended and it can be periphery. So it's some yeah. type of awareness that you have of them, even if it's minuscule, right? Yeah. Then we look at, I talk about incest. Incest, again, is it a watered down word? Because really, whether your brother's raping you, sexual or not, assault, a raping exactly. you is a significantly serious, violent act. And that goes the same if it's your sister. Because the reason mm-hmm. they're doing it is for empowerment of themselves. So, mm-hmm. therefore, it's at your detriment. And so, so incest, whether it's sibling to sibling or mum or dad or whatever it is, whatever, however you want to phrase that picture, whatever it looks like for you, it's still a, it is still sexual assault. It's still rape. Right, yes. yeah, and it's really important that parents um swallow the big hard pill and accept that brothers rape brothers, brothers rape sisters, and vice versa. Yeah, it happens. It's horrible, but it happens. And you've really got to be aware of it and not turn a blind eye. That's how you lose your kids and end up with a broken family. So yeah. better to be aware. And um, and if I've got a little story we can share at the end because I'm mindful of running late, just remind me. Yeah. Um, okay. So we talk. I talk about abduction, programming, and imprisonment. And you'd be in, you'd be surprised. I've met a number of people who are um, who are imprisoned because of their belief that they can't live without someone. Yeah. That's serious and significant manipulative grooming of adult women and adult men. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yes. I, you know, I, I know that we always talk about women, but it happens to men too. As much it as does. they groom children, they groom adults as well. Mm-hmm. So it's very important to understand that and how that works. Um, I talk about stranger danger and um, you know what, what sort of the in, in the education of it what we can actually be teaching our children in relation to that and know for ourselves and I've talked about ground zero always yes. try and leave something behind at ground zero for a place to start looking for you uh, pack rape now we have talked about yes and on a pack rape and I talk more about pack rape in the book and there is an example of a pack rape where I've deconstructed that because the person who was pack raped believed she wasn't raped. Yes. But it was, but but she knew something had happened. And in actual fact, of course, she was raped. Um, And she probably Mm -hmm. knew that deep inside herself. But because of the current narrative, she felt that she hadn't been, right? Now, I've read more recent, just a few weeks ago, versions of what I've got in this book. And um, I think it's really important that people really do understand that it's firstly important that you accept that you've been raped. So if something wasn't what you wanted, it doesn't matter whether you did or didn't give permission. You have to give permission, (laughs) right? Clearly. Clearly without being intoxicated or in fear of your life, <laughs> right? Or passed out. A willing, you cannot, willing. You cannot give consent, consent if you're passed out. Out. 
So it's so, got to be freely, knowledgeably and willingly given. You're not being manipulated yeah. to believe that you have to do this because you have to be in that person's life. Any of that, right? So mm. if you don't think that you said, actually, yeah, I want this and I want it this way and that way and now do this and now do that, then then you didn't consent. And that is important. I talk about acceptance in the book. Yes. Right? We So many of us have been afraid to accept that we were raped because we didn't know what that would mean for us next. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Then, okay, I've been raped, so what's next? What does that actually mean? It means nothing about you. It means about them. What it can mean about you, if you want to make a meaning of it, is that you're pretty extraordinary to still be among the land of the living. So pat on that, right? To accept that you're raped, forgive yourself for any blame that you may have made, and to get on with turning what happened into something that you can use for empowerment. There's a responsibility Mm. that you have to yourself. Yes. To make that choice, yeah. But while you don't want to accept it because you don't know what it means and it's all very, very scary, you've got secondary gains holding you back, you're not going to be able to accept and get on with trying to create or or to actually create a life and how that will look as a victim of sexual assault. You know, I'm proud of the fact that I'm part of the family that are victims of sexual assault because I think we're amazing. We're amazing people. And I think it's important, and I talk about the fact that people need to give themselves credit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I talk a lot about um, the X. Be, dan- be very dangerous. Stalkers yes. and the X are highly underrated. And um, there's a in the back of the book where I talk about going to court, there is yes. a story, unbelievable mm-hmm. story for my dear friend, um, about what her ex did. Of course, I was sexually assaulted, raped, very, <laughs> and violently, yes, um, but all rape is violent. So raped by an ex, yes. And and I've talked about how he used a narrative. For all these people that were kind of friends, I say kind of because I thought they yeah. were, but in actual fact, they all turned on me and blamed me. So yes. <laughs> because of the narrative they were fed, which really meant that they were no longer my friends and <laughs> yeah reinforced all my trust issues at the time, right? Um, yeah. Stalkers, please never, ever underestimate a stalker. They are mm. very dangerous people. They will evolve. And, you, yes. you know, here in Melbourne not so long ago, a young girl was murdered by her ex that was stalking her. He came into her yes. parents' home where she was asleep and murdered her. You know, that happens. It's not something that happens in movies. It happens in real life. No. Never underestimate being stalked. Please get to the police and take it seriously. Um, I talk about the professional. Now, in the book, I don't know how many Mm. people have actually picked up on this, but um, there was an insurance company that was grooming doctors to rape and yeah. I actually, through Dr. Rescue, I called him Dr. Rescue because yes. I rescued him from becoming a sexual predator and being paid to do it. Yeah. You'll know who I'm talking about, Tony. Yeah. Yes, I do. So yeah. it was a work compensation case 
and he was groomed and instructed so groomed he was instructed he told me to to sexually assault me so that I would not be able to proceed with my case right so horrible there've been there've been girls I've been communicating with on on um, various websites who have described police informants so police you know detectives are not proceeding because they're police it sounded to me very much like a police informant and I confirmed it with people whom I know you know um I could have like would this be something or under these circumstances, rah, 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 would you draw that conclusion? And it, you know, so unfortunately, there are often um, professionals who are groomed, professionals who yes. use and abuse their position, and others yes. have secondary gain to not step in and convict a rapist because of something yes. else they're working on. So unfortunately, a- it's a big problem. I was going to say we have a major case of that description happening in Australia at the moment yes. where yes. powerful people, people are protecting uh, powerful people. Others. Exactly. Other powerful people. And yeah. the result is that the, the victim is shamed or in one of these cases she's not with us any longer. No, she didn't. So that's for me. That's a clear indication of what she was saying is true because she's not, not here. Not That's just that, Tony. What it is is it shows us that as much as social workers and counsellors think that they're, they're, they're helping the police and educating police, mm. um, uh-huh. there's a missing voice there. Because to me, yes. when I heard that, the fact that she took away, she withdrew her complaint, I would have had someone there straight away. To Absolutely. me, that, that's actually a huge concern for someone who's planning to kill themselves, right? Yes. And, yes. and, and yet here in Australia, uh, I was reading another a number of articles, but just an article today, uh, again, saying that they measure um, a resolution of sexual assault, not just by court, but victims um, retracting this, their complaint. That's not mm. a resolution. And every single one of those should be thoroughly supported and investigated. But because counsellors and social workers aren't of the same mindset as, as me when I've got my advocacy and victim hat on, right, Yes, I can see something from a very different perspective. And this is why yes. I say it is important that our voice is there. We are represented not by statistics but in mm-hmm. person firsthand, and that is something that I'm advocating yeah. very strongly for that we need to be there as part of any narrative or discussion or policy making because <laughs> we are the yeah. most important voice in this whole picture and we are not invited to the table. I now, know. We need I, to go to the table in a very resourceful way and that's always not an easy thing. And here, unfortunately, it's a bit of a slinging match between a victim and yeah. Minister for Women. <laughs> Uh, yeah. you know yeah. and so the the waters are now muddied and nothing yeah. is progressing because of it right in that in that regard um mm-hmm. so 
we really have to be mindful of those sort of things. I, I'm not an angry victim. No, right. I, absolutely um, not. Sometimes I am an angry victim. I get really upset when I hear things and then I think, right, now I'm going to put on my advocacy hat <laughs> Yeah, where I don't want to yeah. let someone's throat out and I can yeah. be a voice and I can challenge the status quo, right? So it, yeah. it's important that um, uh, that as advocates we know firsthand and that we have got to a point where we we are empowered so that our voice can be heard and not misunderstood and manipulated and we don't muddy the waters. Very important. Um, I've got a section in here called Black Widow. Yeah. There may be many women who read this section and think, shit, maybe my husband wasn't an unfaithful prat. Maybe he really was a victim of rape. And you and I, Tony, do know a situation. We do. We, know, we do. Where this actually happened. Mm. Um, yeah, so it does happen. And then this was a very difficult section for me to write. Yeah. It's called Shade of Grey. Mm. It was, I had to put this in. I had to put yes. this in because there are men who rape. They're not sexual predators, but they are rapists. Yeah. It wasn't their intention to rape, but they do. Yes. And, um, we have a we had a, a recent case, I think it was la, not last year, the, the year before. Um, mm-hmm. And this woman um, took someone to court. It was years ago that he raped her. He was a bit of a sort of, you know, yes. celebrity. You'll know who I'm talking yes. about. Tony. Yes. Now, the jury said not guilty. I, I yeah. didn't get what the jury got but I could see in what I read that he did not get consent and therefore he raped her he never once That's the said, other thing Michelle she said was- she never gave it she never said I did not give consent but in her discussion in her narrative there was no consent given and he never and asked for it yeah. That's the thing. Just because someone gets not guilty does not, not mean, mean they are that they didn't. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. And you remember, predators especially have to factor the likelihood of getting convicted into their yes. their their daily, you know, strategy. And at the moment, so they can't they can in their favor. Yeah, yeah, but also, okay, so I got convicted, but I'm not guilty, I'm innocent, and they'll have mm-hmm. a narrative to feed people for that. Or Correct. they get, they go to court and they're not guilty. Don't believe. Oh, I didn't do it. Yeah, or see, I told you I didn't do it. No. But he did. <laughs> but he did. They did. And the shade of grey men are actually responsible for allowing a lot of rapists to continue to rape, Correct. like the yeah. example that I've given in previous discussions, where they actually get them involved in something that they wouldn't mm-hmm. ordinarily do, a bit drunk, yeah. and they're convinced that you know somebody wanted it and that it won't be an issue, and then they end up participating in something they didn't would never have done. They themselves yeah. realise they're a rapist, and they will never ever tell anyone. And that person now has their undivided support. But also if they find themselves on a jury, 
Mm-hmm. They yes. might think that that person yes. is also one of those poor sods who accidentally yes. did it, and therefore yes. they'll find them not guilty because they know that they're not rapists, really. So that might bloke might not be really, and so let's not convict. No, I'm sorry, you really are a rapist because it's not about what you intended. It's about, it's about what actually happened. And you actually yeah. did destroy someone's life. You really did do that. Right? That's the other thing, Michelle, that we have to clearly point out that um, I've heard it before in conversation, oh, he didn't really mean to do it. It doesn't doesn't matter doesn't to the victim to because the, victim. the trauma is still real. there. You did die, yes. Real life trauma. They, uh, and, and in my book, I talk about one of my um, tutors at uni and he's going, you know, yeah. trying to interview people that have been, you know, violently raped. <laughs> so what he's yes. meaning is perhaps, you know, he's meaning that the sexual predator raped them as opposed to the shade of grey, but he had no knowledge of those categories. Um, mm. All rape is violent for the victim. Absolutely. Right? There is a slight difference perhaps between being raped by, and I was never fully raped, and I have spoken to women who have been raped and um, it's sort of like, well, I didn't mean to. Um, But for them it feels like Harry Potter, (laughs) the Harry Potter scenario that I gave you. It feels like that for them, right? (laughs) Yes. So. Each individual experiences sexual assault, rape um, in their own way, and that determines that you did. It doesn't matter what you meant. It's what you did. And we as a society have to take responsibility and ownership for that. And if you're on a jury, and that poor sod might have been like you, but you know what? It doesn't matter. He raped her. It doesn't. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He didn't get yes. consent. And what happened next <laughs> is on him. And he has to step up and yeah. take responsibility so that he never does it again. And if he's a sexual yeah. predator, well, he will do it again. If he's not, he won't. That's right. But he still did it and nothing can change that for the victim. That's a life sentence. He killed it them is. and now they have to find a way forward. Right? So I've mm. given two examples here and I've talked about um, the one where he ended up hating my guts, I think, in the first session, right? Yeah. <laughs> he hated yes. me, yes. right? Yeah. Um, the other chap, he owned it. The other example here in the book, yeah. he owned it. He really, really owned it. Um, and and um, he stepped up. He said, yeah, okay, I did that. Careless of me. It's That's, on me. That was very Michelle, mature. In your, yeah. In your yeah. experience, if they actually admit that is really helpful for the victims the victim. in terms God, of their yes, recovery. Absolutely. It except has a for the huge. Poor, except for the little girl who came all the way overnight on a train, hours and hours and hours, came out of hiding, living in fear, never worked since she was raped, never had a yeah. phone, had no friends, yeah. totally isolated, yes. came all the way <laughs> to court yes. to see him have his day in court and get held accountable. Um, and then I got that guilty plea on the steps. Um, yeah. That was really hard for her because yeah. it, it, in her mind she had built it up to be something and then it was a letdown. Um, yes. And I, but I did 
reframe it for her and explain to her that it was a win for all of us um, that That's, were um, sexually assaulted by him and, and those that have been since then um, because yeah. he really is a sexual predator um, yeah. and will continue to rape. So, but, but yes, That's, um, um, it is important, Tony, absolutely, if they plead guilty, but the problem with that they don't. is... They Not don't, just that, though. but the court show leniency here in Australia. I know in the US they you do. get some really good sentences, right? Yeah, 25 years. Right? But if you forget, you get more leniency on top of it. Yes. Than, so so the man who um, raped me and pled guilty and then we set the legal precedent, Yes. It was considered significant suffering that I experienced. Um, yes. And because of, of the severity of the damage that he did. Yes. However, taking into account that he pled guilty and spared me a trial, he got weekend jail for 12 months. Like just, yes. Yes. Just... The man who said he'd raped more women than he could count on his fingers and toes by the time he raped me. Yep. And none yep. of them made a fuss. So what was wrong? Yep. What was wrong with me? Right? Why were you making a fuss? Yeah. Yeah. Why didn't I just shut up and bugger off like them? And and he can watch yeah. me implode and fall apart and you know yeah. the things. Michelle, we are um, just about out of time, but I'd really <laughs> like next week. To- yeah, I know. Okay, so <laughs> this book is packed full of it um, is around going absolutely. To- Struggle to strength, the journey that I went on yes. as a victim, but then what I turned into through my pathway. And what you do now. Yeah. What I do now. I actually Education, sex, yes. and what isn't sex. And of course, consent. who's a predator, what they are, how they do it, and how they get away with it. Yes, and consent. And there's also a checklist in here, and there's there some mistrusting. All the things yeah. that people say you should do to avoid being raped, I blow them yeah. away she because does. there is no well. formula or recipe, right? Someone read yeah. this, never been raped, and they said, Michelle, I was reading it and I was like, tick, yep. And she said, T- everything yes. was a tick, tick, tick. Mm. I get, oh, my God, yes, okay, I get Don't that, I get wear that. This. Don't do this. this, do this, do this, do this, do this. All these rules that women have to abide by so that they don't get hurt or raped. And it's not okay. They will get hurt or raped. And um, that's right. Even people highly trained in self defense get hurt and raped. Yes, that's correct. So it's part of the factoring in. So it's a book, it's an insight. It is your weapon, it is your first step, your tool, your first step to being safe by knowledge. It is. And know that knowledge is power. Okay. I want to say goodbye to (laughs) (laughs) We have to say goodbye. Next week I want to continue our discussion on Michelle's book and I want to round out our last session talking about the judicial system and Michelle's work in and around that in helping victims have a more impactful um, result from their judicial system. So it's really important that we finish off talking about that because there's some unreal expectations and I can vouch from my own experience that the letdown after a guilty verdict is horrendous. 
yeah there's so much more to it thank you so much michelle we're going to continue our discussion next week same time same place with michelle and um, we look forward to touching base with everyone again next week michelle thank you so much and that's a lot for this week thank you and bye bye everybody take care